Hi, I'm Carrie Hines. Welcome to our Hair Radio podcast series that features special interviews and segments from the Hair Radio Morning Show, Salon TV Network, along with original exclusive content right here and across 10 other top podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Contact us about advertising your products or services or being interviewed at 347-587-3213 or visit us on the internet at hairradio.com. Now sit back and enjoy your Hair Radio podcast presentation. Again, I'm Carrie Hines. Thank you. Hair Radio Morning Show, Carrie Hines. Time to rise and shine with the Hair Radio Morning Show with Carrie Hines. All right, we're back live. You're listening to the all new Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. It is Wednesday morning. It's January 20th of 2021. And I am so honored, absolutely honored, to bring to the line a gentleman who has been with us many times. We're going to get him on. We've got a lot to get to this morning. You guys know him. He is the former mayor for 12 years uh, from Irvington, New Jersey. Uh, We're just so excited to welcome back to the broadcast the one and only Mr. Wayne Smith. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning, Carrie. With exciting things happening, I guess we'll see the inauguration (laughs) of Joe Biden uh, to this morning and the end of uh, presidency of Donald Trump. I think he probably, if he hasn't left already, he's on his way out of the White House. Um, and so, you know, we got a lot to chat about. We most certainly do. Well, first of all, the song we just played uh, was in honor of uh, Donald Trump. It was called uh, <laughs> Truth Hurts by um, the one and only Lizzo. And so with that in mind, we're going to cover just uh, the whole, you know, we've got the hour, uh, and we're so fortunate to have you on with us, Mr. Wayne Smith. We really are. Uh, We want to cover everything. The last time you were with us here on the Hair Radio Morning Show, we were, it was actually before the election. And we were, I believe it was before, and we were, kind of uh, going over some of the points to kind of push and get folks to the polls, to vote, motivate right. folks. And I want to say you did a great job. Great. Well, you listen, great I, think job. That, I think that uh, America spoke. Um, though the frightening thing about it, there still was a lot of support out there for Donald Trump. Though Joe Biden won handily, it's amazing that um, we still have work to do, and people like Stacey Abrams in Georgia can continue to work after that election because the balance of the Senate hedged on those two Senate races in Georgia, and certainly she, as well as many, many others in Georgia, uh, delivered that state for now. The Biden agenda has an opportunity, possibly, to get implemented because uh the pastor of Dr. King's church, as we just finished Dr. King's holiday, um, is now a member of the U.S. Senate. And uh, looks like because it is a tie vote, 
that the incoming Vice President Kamala Harris will be the deciding vote on many crucial issues and also Joe Biden's nominees. You know, they're having hearings already on the number of people that Joe Biden has nominated for his cabinet. That's right. We're going to get into, uh, you've covered about 10 wonderful items, and we're going to get into every single one of them. That's how important this is today. So, no, I appreciate you giving us a rundown. <laughs> Lane, no one can talk politics like you. I have to say, first of all, if you guys are just kind of joining us, you're just tuning in, or you need a refresher, Wayne Smith, uh, you have uh, an amazing career. Uh, you're in the private sector these days, but you were the mayor, the mayor of Irvington, New Jersey, for like 12 years. That yes, really is amazing. Yeah. So, so just uh, remind everybody about your uh, your amazing career, your success, your journey uh, yeah, from you know where you know from the from politics. Yes. Go right ahead. Yeah, so interesting. I spent a, earlier in my career uh, in the private sector, primarily in insurance and the financial services mm. sector, and then evolved that into a consulting firm and got involved with the first African-American who was elected uh, mayor in Irvington and became his uh, confidential assistant, which is the equivalent of a chief of staff. And so that was in 1990. And so in 94... Unfortunately for him, he did not get reelected, and so I got elected two years after that to the city council, a council member at large from 1996 to 98. It was a vacancy, and there was two years left on that term. And then I got reelected again to the city council in 1998 for a four-year term, and my colleagues picked me as president. And then in 2002, I had the uh, honor uh, given to me by the residents of Irvington to serve as mayor, and I served uh, three consecutive terms as mayor. And, well, uh, you know, you, I, yes. you went through the tremendous no, challenges of being mayors. I've met presidents. I've been to some inaugural balls. Um, so it's, it, I'm sure it, this inaugural is going to be a little different because of the pandemic and, and the security issues that have risen out of uh, what happened in the Capitol. That's right. Well, going back just a little bit, and, and we're so excited, again, to have Wayne Smith on, and your political perspective is just unique. Uh, and, and I want to kind of start, let's go back. Let's start at the beginning. You know, we're looking at a campaign for Donald Trump that uh, began with a whole declaration about Mexican immigrants uh, yeah. that was very, perceived to be very negative. Do you right. think, Wayne Smith, that at that point the media could have taken a turn in a different direction? Because it seems to me that that's what was the triggering catalyst that kind of really sparked the media's attention and overwhelming uh, indirect support by just promoting the negativity and uh, at first it might, because, again, that was at the declaration of his candidacy. So maybe folks just thought it was a fluke or that he was not serious. And uh, yeah, what do you so. think, Wayne Smith? What's your yeah. take? And I, I, I think so. I think that um, people did kind of think it was a joke and that he wouldn't last long. And particularly with not only the, the immigrant issues and the whole vile uh, condemnation of um, immigrants, but in America is a nation of immigrants, um, 
great contributions of, of people from around the world. Nobody's an original American except the Native American. So, you know, so so Donald went with that. He was a reality TV star. People drew the media. And the unfortunate part, and, and again, you know, we have to watch this very carefully as, as a society. Donald got a lot of attention. So when you look at the news ratings, he got more television exposure for the ratings. And so the, the media said, oh, this guy, people are watching this, however crazy it may be. And, you know, t- you know, it, it's um, there's an old news adage, and Carrie, you're familiar with it. If it bleeds, yeah. it leads. And no matter how gory or vile or crazy, if people watch it, that's right. They will air it. So, so you, because of his zaniness, here's a guy who called everybody all kinds of silly names. When I remember as a kid, we would call it hiking. You know, you, 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 uh, uh, the dozen right. playing the dozen for somebody. He got in the presidential debates and gave everybody a silly name. And these were, you know, people who had spent, spent their career developing a political profile, and he dismissed them all. I mean, even the Bush, Jeb right. Bush, poor Jeb Bush, you would think uh, Mitt Romney and Jeb Bush would have probably ended up being better for the country as a Republican nominee. Not that I would have supported them, but out of the field of cast of characters who were on the stage, probably those to me seem the most reasonable two out of the Republican field, but they couldn't get any traction. And here's a reality uh, show star, uh, former developer, uh, ultimate showman, and he knocks him out. So it shows you the level of discourse and angst and even somewhat angriness out there in the American public that uh, propelled Donald, uh, Donald Trump to the White House. But it was growing underneath for many, many years. Most uh, movements of any type, whether they're negative or positive, usually have many, many years of an undercurrent where people miss them. The media misses them. Even the, the, the social scientists miss them. They only see them when they propel out front, and then they study them. So this whole thing, right. to me, goes back to the Tea Party um, and even further. I mean, when you go back to American history, you had people like George Wallace and all these folks. Those, those movements kind of subside. They never die. Well, when you mention Jeb Bush and you talk about uh, and Donald Trump really coming onto the scene, well, if you put on anybody who is bombastic and doesn't really seem like they have any real uh, meaning behind what they say and they're just mouthing off, uh, poor Jeb Bush seemed like he was, you know, in a coma <laughs> compared to yeah, Donald yeah. Trump. You know, uh, you know, yeah. I think that Jeb was caught up in trying to be, and most of the other candidates were caught up being presidential. Donald was interested right. in putting on the show, and so exactly. it worked for Donald. You nailed it. it probably would not have worked for anybody else, but it worked for him. Well, it worked for him because he he was, a, in my opinion, this is my opinion, Tom, he was aided, I believe, by the media, which is what I wanted to talk to you about, because the media seemed to, you know, and I, and please help us understand why Donald Trump seemingly was so against the media when they seemed to be a, a handy partner uh, in getting him elected, at, you know, uh, you know, during this first go round. So what... Uh, uh, you know, was there something more to his big old well, sinister plan, if you will? Played, played a, verse, a reverse psychology. 
it was the media that built his real estate career, promoted his enterprises. Right. And even when they failed, Donald was still in the media eye, and he, di- he diverted his attention to reality TV. So the media exactly. built him. And the more obnoxious he became, the more they, they the had more. to talk about him. And he understood, or at least whoever his demonic posters were, that there was an element, and a lot of it ran from whether it was Rush Limbaugh-style right-wing radio that was all across the country and gaining in popularity among the right-wing element in the country. He knew there was an element that went for that. So the, the media tests were out there, and it's interesting you know, the, obviously the CNN crowd and the MSNBC crowd does not listen to that, but they built, and it goes back, I, I guess, even when Newt took over the House of Representatives, these, you know, that whole Tea Party movement, um, it morphed into different elements. First, it was the uh, the Christian right, and they've, exactly. they've been working and building, and Donald knew that element, well, at least I don't even give him credit for it. I mean, uh, the, the, the what's the crazy guy that they, Steve Bannon. And his crew um, were data mining all of this data, and if they could drive these people that most posters were missing, who had not who had left the electoral process and were not voting, so it tells you the importance of voting. When people spend billions of dollars to drive people to the polls, they're doing it for a reason because the public policy issues of any political office are important to somebody. They can determine the economic future of industries, of companies, of individuals. So they spend these billions of dollars. They go out and they raise it, and people have interest in it. They spend millions of dollars not only on getting people elected, but also influencing what they do. This whole industry called lobbyists that are paid, again, millions and billions of dollars to try to influence the process of how legislation is shaped, how public policy is done. And so it's a huge, huge industry. The biggest industry in the D.C. area is uh, government. Wayne Smith, I'm going to jump right on in. I just wanted to deliver some breaking news. If you are watching your television as I am here with ours on mute, uh, Donald Trump is leaving at this moment. This is a moment to remember. It will be a moment you will not forget. Donald Trump is literally leaving the White House as we speak, walking across the lawn to a helicopter that we're hoping takes off real fast. Uh, In just a moment or two, uh, he'll be lifted into the air. And um, a little later on, of course, you guys know around noon, Joe Biden will be uh, sworn in uh, from the folks in Congress, uh, he and Kamala Harris. So I just wanted to make sure you guys were aware that this was happening as we speak, as we're live on the air. Say morning, January 20th of 2021. It's about 8.14 in the morning, New York time. And uh, we're real excited to be with you. I'm Carrie Hines. I'm on the line with uh, someone who knows his way around the political arena. We're talking with the one and only Mr. Wayne Smith out of New Jersey, who was the former mayor from Irvington, New Jersey, for 12 years. So what do you say, Wayne Smith, about this transition of power, if you will, that seems to be happening? As we well, I'm not personally, I'm very happy to see Dom, Donald Trump leave. I think he was an albatross to the country. Um, he tried to undermine uh, what 
democracy we have left, it's a very difficult democracy to manage and for people to participate in from time to time. But certainly Donald made it a lot worse to do, so I'm glad to see him go. Um, and I look forward to the the challenges that uh, Joe Biden has to meet. Um, and I want people to realize, though, while we're, we're seeing one president leave, there's another one in, and that doesn't mean because his agenda is right um, that we don't pay attention to what he does and try to influence that decision because other people will. And so whether you support a more aggressive environmental agenda, if you, you, you support making sure that uh, uh, issues that you're concerned about are addressed, you have to you know, stay vigilant and make sure your elected representatives, including the president of the United States, hears your voice and a number of ways to do that. Um, people think writing letters don't matter. They do. People think making phone calls don't matter. They do. People think um, calling your congressman and, and writing your congressman and your state United States senator matter. They do. Let even your city representatives know issues that impact you and impact on the national level that they should be helping you address because you elected them to represent you in many respects on, on all different kinds of levels. So, you know, though we're in the transition of power and we wish uh, President Biden well today and vice president, certainly we're at the historic moment uh, for uh, Vice President Kamala Harris as she becomes the first woman of color to assume the uh, vice presidency and broke certainly broke new ground there. We're excited about all of that. But at the end of the day is how does the the drugs yeah. for the pandemic well, get distributed? Mm -hmm. That's that's right. And I want to get into that as well. But uh, I do want to touch on a little bit of what you just mentioned, because uh, in, you know, I call it in the houses of color, folks uh, who are black and brown around the country. Uh, we're looking at this perhaps through a different lens. And, mm -hmm. and I want to just go back a little bit. We delivered the vote, mm -hmm. I believe. And you tell me, uh, you know, what was your impression of getting so many folks to the polls to get Joe Biden and to get Kamala Harris? Do you feel well, that people, uh, think, it was based on our support? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I mean, Joe Biden got the most votes. Now, this is this is important. Um, the more votes than any presidential candidate ever in history, that 80 plus million votes he got, even though exceeded the count that President Obama got. Um, and right. so there was, uh, and there Donald was Trump a has of, number two. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So that, that's why I say yeah. it's scary that the level of yeah. support that he did get is it, it's still out that's there right. for somebody who's willing to to spread that vile venom to capture. So, um, so and they're so looking at this, Wayne. Those politicians are looking at this. They're yeah, they're well, looking listen, at the playbook see, of Donald Trump. Yep, you see people, crazy people like Ted Cruz, who was trying to capture right. that audience, knows they are going well. He doesn't believe any of that stuff he's saying or has any foundation but, in law. Exactly. But, but it looks like it's backfiring on him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, you you can't. Yeah, you sometimes you can't flip flop your way to success exactly. if you capture that audience. But I do will say this: um, Joe Biden owes a significant debt to the black and brown communities of the United States. And if we go back to when his presidential campaign was on the brink of a disaster, uh, Congressman Clyburn of South Carolina um, 
said, you know what, I've got to come out and support them. And that, to me, was a tipping point because South Carolina, which has a significant number of black votes, um, um, came out and, and really um, resuscitated the Biden campaign. And then following that, um, right. I think President uh, Biden got the goodwill and support because even this is this is funny because people are going to remember this, but, you know, elections, you know, morph into different things. You had two. African-American United States senators in that primary against Joe Biden, one ended up his running mate and one is still in the Senate. And that's Cory Booker, who was my neighboring mayor in Newark when I served and um, Kamala Harris, who could not get traction in our community. That's very well respected. Of course, they got elected in their individual states to the, the Senate, but nationally just couldn't get it done in the black community. So, you know, and there, people, there might have been reasons at that time that were all just floating around. We're not going to get into them so much right now, but uh, that were floating around the Internet and the ether of uh, why I believe that might have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I'm that, glad that, really that that's kind of dissipated. Right, Wayne? I think it's dissipated. Oh, yeah, I'm so happy so. that so. it has. Right? So. But, but, to, but going back to your point about the debt, I think that is significant yeah. because. Even when progressives out of the Sanders camp were saying this and that and, you know, about Joe, the African-American community is a very reliable vote. I think he got a significant amount of goodwill, particularly from older black voters, that he uh, so he, he was the, he was uh, President Obama's vice president. As, as, as uh, Congressman Clyburn said, we know Joe. So it reflected to me in the turnout and in the vote. Now, the, the incredible part in terms of turnout was Georgia, because in the runoff elections, it's very difficult. Even on a local election, once there's a, an election, people assume that it's over. But if there's a runoff because you didn't get a certain percentage of the vote, you know, a lot of these elections have what they call runoff systems. You don't, you know, some elections you can win by one vote and you won. Exactly. Some you have to win by a certain percentage. And so Georgia is one of those states that you have to have over 50 percent to be declared the winner. And so in the Senate race, and if you don't, that's right. you, you know, it has a, you have to run again. So that's what happened in Georgia. And it's very difficult to get people to come back out for those offices to vote again. And that was the fear that a state <laughs> that Joe Biden carried. Um, for the first time, a Democrat won, and so it hadn't won in so many, many years. So now they go come back for the U- U.S. Senate seat, and the, again, the black community. And I, you know, I, I give uh, there's a Tasha Brown, I think it's Latasha Brown, and Stacey Abrams, tremendous, tremendous credit, along with many, many others, who really did get people out again um, at strike pains that the Republicans ran against. Uh, Reverend Warnock and the young man is interesting, just in just without even talking about ethnic politics, but in Georgia, an African-American and, 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 and a, a someone of Jewish heritage got elected in what we call the South in the United States Senate. And Oshlaw is a young guy. I think he's the youngest guy elected to the United That's States right. Senate since Joe Biden got elected. Um, when he was one of the youngest ever elected to the United States Senate. So it's a a lot of history in this, but certainly the black community um, showed its metal and its worth as an electoral uh, voting group. And now the question is, do we think we're going to get what we 
we we voted for. Well, what do you think? Well, I think I think Joe is going to do a lot. He's certainly a, a tr- going to be a tremendous uh, change from what we had. That's leaving the White House this morning, and so from that, for me, um, is a big step in restoring our democracy. The next step is how do we get some of these things changed? And I think we do have some tremendous challenge in front of us. Obviously, there's always issues with money, and it's always in politics is the issue of who gets what when. So, um, you know, he's tried to be uh, reach out diverse cabinet. I remember early in his selection process, uh, Congressman Clyburn um, didn't think um, President-elect wasn't doing enough in terms of bringing more African-Americans to the table. I think he's working ag- aggressively to do that. Um, we shall see. Yeah, I think, but, I think but what the, I have to say, and, and Wayne, I've always, I thought that was an unfair um uh, notion at that point. I think it was too early. He barely even named a few folks well, let me tell who you would be part of his administration. Did. I just thought that that was a little rambunctious, yeah, I, I think. Goodness. I think that Congressman Clyburn was just was getting Joe's attention on some things. And if you don't mm. speak up, people will always say that you didn't say nothing. I thought everything was okay. And that's the point about advocacy. You have to advocate your position. I mean, if, you know, you, you, um, you know, some people might have said that was too early. Some people might have said that was right on time. <laughs> uh, that's um, true too. Well, what what yeah. do you say when you look back and you see the the folks that he has put up to be part of his administration, at least coming out of the gate? Do you feel that it represents America? Did he hit the point that he promised? I yeah, I think he worked very hard to. You're not going to please everybody, but I think he's worked very hard to be representative of what this country is made of, and 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 looked at that very carefully. He's also done some things I thought were very interesting, and he's like given what? people what what traditionally roles that you've not seen uh, people of color have. You know, like in the Defense Department and those issues. Um, those are That's different right. kinds of positions that. Traditionally, you don't see uh, African-Americans or Latinos uh, in, in them. And he's also given uh, women significant roles to play as well. So I, I, and I give him, a, I give him a, 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 a B plus early out the gate. There are a lot of other jobs underneath that are undersecretaries and, 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 and key aides. Um, you know, there are some, I think the NAACP is calling for a cabinet level position on race. Which, you know, like climate change, he lifted the level of climate. I'm not saying that's wrong. I think that's commendable because we don't save the planet. None of us will be here. But at the end of the day, you know, I think the NAACP raises a very important point. And you do, you did this morning, Karen. You said we certainly, you know, showed our medal by getting out to vote. Does the issues that impact us deserve enough to be risen to a cabinet level where somebody constantly has the president's ear and is at the table with all the other cabinet members injecting that whole idea of racial inequality in every deliberations we have from the uh, COVID-19 release dollars and how it's distributed, who gets it, where does poor black areas get it, how do they get it, uh, they don't have the hospitals. So all those things are going to be on the table. And so the NAACP is certainly ratcheting up the game by saying there should be some cabinet-level position that deals with racial justice. This is true. 
Now, the Democrats' control uh, did not lose control of the House, uh, did not, uh, and and has kind of like, uh, well, we will, I should say, the Democrats will control the Senate as well. Uh, and and we're very, very excited. You know, it'll be 50-50 with Kamala Harris as uh, deciding on the big issues, which we are so – those tied when the, they're tied in the Senate. So we're real excited. Um, my only thing is, you know, I hearken back to the Obama period where it seemed like we had everything. Um, we had the House. We had the Senate. We were in the White House. But uh, – it just seems like we didn't really accomplish much during that first, you know, uh, you know, we, well, again, I do remember some of the challenges, but did, you know, did we take advantage, I guess is what I'm driving at since, you know, well, I think, and we'll I think be different as, this go round. Yeah. I think as much as I love president Obama, I do think there was some experience deficits there he, you know, he had only been in the in the, in Washington two and years as United States senator, and so right. he didn't have the relationships and the cement there that you need to make things go. And the Democrats, a lot of the Democrats, stifled his agenda too, which could happen mm. to which which could happen to President Biden. Remember, you got people like Joe Muchent from West Virginia who oftentimes voted oh. with the Republicans and they didn't and didn't vote for didn't vote. For uh, Trump to get impeached the first time, and um, so you got those kinds of Democrats who are leaned more on the conservative side, and you got you got we lost some seats in the House of Representatives. I mean, that's Nancy, right. That's right. Nancy won the, the uh, leadership, the speaker's role again, but it was not an easy thing. And so there's going to be some, you know, maybe some, you know, conservatives that switch up on us there. So we have to watch laid down. If, you know, if it gets cut and dry on a partisan vote and everybody stays in their party lane, then Kamala Harris can break the tie. But we have to watch those Democrats who would, like Joe Muchin, who would switch that's up. That's right. It's not a, that's right. It's not a, a slam dunk. It's in the bag for the Democrats. So that is something right. that must be, uh, important. And I want to just go back to a little bit of what you mentioned earlier briefly, and that is that it is important that folks of color stay vigilant, stay engaged in the process. If we have learned nothing in these last four years, uh, it, it has been to just stay in it and learn and be part of this. As you see, it's important, and we've learned so much. Um, I want to take a quick commercial break. And on the other side of that, Wayne Smith, I want to get into the insurrection. What happened in Washington, D.C.? We want to get your uh, take on this. Uh, we're talking about the events of January 6, uh, in which uh, the Capitol was overrun by rioting uh, folks uh, from the, uh, uh, from, I'm sorry, from President Trump's party. So um, right. yeah. I want to talk about that insurrection. Also, what's next for uh, Joe Biden in terms of the pandemic, the economy, a divided nation? We've got a lot to get into, <laughs> so we're going to have you guys to stay. I tell you, there's a lot going on this morning. Again, you're listening to the Hair Radio Morning Show. We are live on this Wednesday morning. It's inaugural day, January 20th of 2021. I'm with Wayne Smith. We'll be right 
back, we're going to uh, kind of just take a quick moment to acknowledge the amazing, amazing Joe Biden, along with the one and only Ms. Kamala Harris. All right, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Folks, the people of this nation have spoken. They've delivered us a clear victory, a convincing victory, a victory for we the people. We've won with the most votes ever cast on presidential ticket in the history of the nation. Before his passing, wrote, democracy is not a state, it is an act. And what he meant was that America's democracy is not guaranteed. It is only as strong as our willingness to fight for it. To guard it and never take it for granted. And protecting our democracy takes struggle, it takes sacrifice, but there is joy in it, and there is progress, because we, the people, have the power to build a better future. As women, it seems like we carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, and that weight is directly balanced between your two feet. And with this balancing act, who do you think is suffering? It's not the kids. It's your feet. While running errands, paying bills, or dodging traffic, you could be ruining your feet. Wearing the wrong shoes for the wrong period of time can cause more damage than you think. Hammer toe and bunions are the leading deformities in black women. And Dr. Yolanda Raglan is the first black and only female podiatrist with practices dedicated solely to the correction of these type of deformities. So let this black girl do some magic and fix your feet. For more information, visit FixYourFeet.com, providing medically necessary surgery with a cosmetic result. But radio commercials as much as they do television commercials? Maybe more so. How do you figure that? Well, in television, your tube goes minutes just before the commercial comes on. Yeah? That serves as a warning device to millions of people that they have a split second to get out of the room. I never thought of that. In radio, an advertiser can just sort of sneak up on you without any warning. Uh-huh. I mean, you haven't noticed your car radio suddenly fading to black before the commercial, I mean. And not recently, no. But can't you still walk out when the radio commercial comes on? Not at 60 miles an hour. Hmm. Okay, but do you think you can really make me pay attention to a radio commercial? I just did. Hello, everybody. I'm Valerie from Validate Your Beauty. I am giving a shout-out to the Hair Radio Morning Show, Carrie Hines. You're listening to the all-new Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. It is Wednesday morning. It's January 20th of 2021. I'm bringing back to the line the one and only former mayor from Irvington, New Jersey, Mr. Wayne Smith. Wayne Smith, thank you so much for being with us. Always delighted, Carrie. Always delighted. Yes, I have to say, uh, well, before the quick commercial break, I wanted to just touch on some of the recent uh, happenings and just to, you know, bring everybody up to speed as well. 
Uh, my television is on mute as usual here in the morning, and it looks like uh, Donald Trump is actually uh, uh, giving a farewell, delivering some farewell remarks. So I'm going to just take a quick moment to uh, remind everybody he's just taken off, and, and uh, so he's saying his goodbyes. And uh, wherever you fall, whether you were for Trump or against Trump, uh, very interesting these last four years. And uh, we're going to see how we how things shake out from this point. And uh, tomorrow and, and the rest of these days, uh, or these upcoming days, I should say, we will be taking a closer look at where and how we will go forward. What you guys are saying about the Trump uh, legacy uh, and also what Joe Biden's plans, uh, what he'll be planning for the country. So we've got a lot to, you know, we'll be calling you back, Wayne Smith, to uh, kind of uh, walk us through all this and help us navigate some of these things. The world is changing so quickly. Oh, and with this big change over in power. Now, I want to talk about that. Um, on January 6th, I happened to be looking, uh, working here at the Hair Radio morning show in our headquarters and production studio here in Brooklyn, New York. And I happened to glance up on television uh, in the afternoon and saw uh, what I just couldn't believe. And it was a huge group of folks uh, who have been called insurrectionists. And, 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 and you know, an insurrectionist is uh, someone who uh, is a part of a, some kind of a group uh, wanton group of folks who are uh, heck bent on uh, disrupting uh, the um, amazing, amazing capital that we have. And um, what's your take on this? I mean, most, I think everybody has a TV out there. You've seen the images. You've seen what's happened and what's transpired in these weeks since. Wayne Smith, what's your take on the whole uh, insurrection, if you will? Well, it's uh, it was and, a dangerous yes. it was a dangerous situation, and uh, one of uh, 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 Donald Trump's legacies will be. I hope he gets the first president who gets impeached twice and convicted, so that he won't be able to run for the presidency again. Because he did not, to me, in my estimation, was not responsible to fan the flames for those folks to do what they did. And, uh, you know, he could not recognize his electoral defeat um, of the election. And so, you know, they thought they were, you know, taking over the government. There was a, is an element who um, really believes that uh, the United States government is, shouldn't be operating. Um, a lot of these states' rights groups and uh, white supremacist groups would look for any reason to uh, do what they did if they can find the rationale to do it. And to show you how serious it was, not only they put the, 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 the elected representatives of the United States government at risk, in fact, some of them attribute, um, we, we have a dear, the only woman of uh, African-American ancestry that represents New Jersey in Congress, a woman. Um, we have two black Congress people, but we have one, woman, and that's uh, Bonnie Watson Coleman, who's had a stellar career in uh, politics and democratic politics in particular, said that she believes she caught the COVID-19 from those uh, congressmen who would not wear masks. 
Right. And, congressmen uh, and women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, congressmen and women. That's right. Who wouldn't wear right. wouldn't wear masks. So, you know, it, 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 it and then people were killed there. It was it it was just a travesty. It was an embarrassment to anybody who is an American citizen to see our, our government get attacked like that. And now, you know, to, to the government's credit, they are arresting folks around the country. Um, it shows you what the United States government can do when they have a will to do it. They found the, they found these people, whatever uh, crazy cops well, they, they had. Exactly. It, I, I was just going to say, Wayne Smith, I think uh, – it, it might not have been as difficult since quite a few of them were boasting on social media <laughs> and appeared. Yeah, some of them were stupid enough to do right. that. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the other thing some of our law, some people from the law enforcement community. Right. Exactly. That. Let's yeah, just that, call it the and, way and, it is. And, yeah, we. I was that very. You know. You know. People that were there, and then also their allegations that. Um, uh, there was some inside information leaked so that people could gain access and go to certain places in the Capitol building, putting people at risk. Right. They were saying that that they had uh, some tours that were kind of done last minute, and folks are saying these are reconnaissance tours, which kind of just, you know, familiarizes you with the layout, you know, we call it like uh, the layout of the land, you know, before you Mm -hmm. go robbing Mm -hmm. somebody or whatever the case may be. um, And these things uh, will come out in the wash. You will definitely, they'll get to the bottom of it. They are, they're just kind of starting this whole investigation process. They are being aggressive. aggressive. Rightfully should and people should be prosecuted. The surprise comment of the week for me was for Mitch McConnell to say that Donald Trump fanned the flames of this. Right. He and, and said so that Donald Trump and a few others. We'll see if that, if that, if that uh, anger or statement means that he'll vote for impeachment or not, because he's been, he hasn't said he won't. He hasn't said he will either. That is true. Yeah, right, so, exactly. Uh, and that's the thing you mentioned, and I want to definitely make sure folks are aware. We're not sure what's going to happen with that, because you know, uh, even if they, the Senate uh, votes uh, to to remove, uh, well, I'm sorry, if they they find him guilty of these, uh, you know, and and decide to try to remove him and so forth, it does require another uh, another vote. It does. Right. It requires another vote mm-hmm. by them, and uh, that I've got to tell you, we don't know what's going to happen just yet, but we can hope. And mm-hmm. I want to go back to these folks who were complaining, you know, the folks who seem to be the ones who were the, you know, the folks that were charging. They seem to be fighting everybody. You've got the folks, a, a portion of them who were uh, looking to protect their, what's it, their uh, Second Amendment rights uh, with the mm-hmm. guns. You've got mm-hmm. the, the folks who are fighting the government. Uh, you've got the other folks fighting people of color. I said, good grief. Is there, yeah, is there got, anybody the in Donald? Yeah, you could, oh, they couldn't accept from the election. They would stop the steal. Exactly. <laughs> right. And the whole thing. And, and there, they wanted to get Vice President Pence because he didn't know overthrow the election. That's right. Yes. <laughs> who uh, they expected, uh, and by they were saying Donald Trump's supporters expected to have Mike Pence 
totally buck the Constitution and the traditions of this country and do something that was would be the most empty-headed notion of anyone in the history of the political world, which would be yeah. to throw out or which he could do nothing to, uh, you know, at that time with the, you know, it was his opportunity to help certify him. To his credit. Oh, we're excited. We're excited. I just wish that he had made it a little easier with that, uh, what is it, the 25th Amendment, if you will, thing. Mm -hmm. I wish he'd made it easier to have him removed, but, you know, all good things uh, do come to an end. It's the end of uh, Mr. Trump, and and uh, we're excited, hopefully for good. And uh, but there'll be a whole lot to come. We will. This is not the last time you're going to hear his name. It might be the last time you hear me say it, <laughs> but it won't be the last time we hear his name. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've got to say that. You know, I've got to work it on it. We've got to get our digs in. It's been four years of pure hack. <laughs> And black folks, we are excited at the future. We are happy once again, and we appreciate the democratic process, and we will move forward as a people, as a positive people. So So where does that take? Yes. Yeah, you have some exciting things going on in in your city. So you got a mayor's race coming up. Yes, yes, that's right. With about... 30, right, about 30 folks vying for the job. I mean, it's a lot of folks. I'm thinking of throwing my hat into the ring. In fact, that's one of the announcements. That's what democracy is all about. Everybody has a right to run and express their opinion and so forth and yeah. so on. So listen, the more the merrier. Well, I'm coming right? to you, Wayne Smith, because I've got a, this is, and folks, you've heard it right here. I'm declaring this right now today on the Hair Radio Morning Show on this Wednesday, January 20th of 2021, I'm going to to embark upon a career in politics. Okay. Don't know how, don't know where, don't know when, but you've heard it here first. I'm throwing it out there verbally. I always always advise you to start local, to start very local and community-based. Yes. So New York City has those community boards and so forth. Yes. But you know what, Wayne Smith, it's not easy. Those community boards are not easy uh, to, you know, we can, you can start by learning a whole bunch about the process, which is great. And that is, Mm -hmm. never goes out of style and that's important to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And then just, you know, be part of it. I remember those discussions with you, and I appreciate them very much Mm -hmm. to heart. And I just think that this whole thing with Donald Trump has opened my eyes. And if nothing more, I think it's – if Donald Trump, uh, in my opinion, could make it to uh, the presidency and and maintain that presidency, of course he was – you know, as some folks say, he was, you know – you know, uh, supported by the Senate, the Republican Senate, blah, 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 blah. But uh, I, I think it it is encouraging if there's anything that came out of this that we should uh, be part of more so, uh, have a, a bigger voice, I think, if we can. If we can. Right. That's yeah. the key. Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple things that, that come the cardinal rules of, of politics on any level is Donald Trump had, even in the presidential uh, primary among Republicans, he had something that uh, he had name recognition. 
So one of the challenges of any election is to get, get your name out there and to break through. How do you get people's attention to listen to what you have to say? And then mm, number, number, great advice. That, that's that be, and you're a media guy, so you I mean you know, so you know, you figure yeah. that all out. But that's but that's always a cardinal rule, whether you're Jesse Jackson who took a his his civil rights thrust and moved it yeah. where he And who was a court. guest on this show. Jesse Jackson, right. I had the pleasure of interviewing him. Wonderful, wonderful gentleman. But yes, yeah, nobody right. nobody nobody works the media as well as and still now in his in his is um you know, he's not as, as visible as he used to be, you know, age right, and health right, and all right. those kinds of things. But he's still out there doing tremendous work. But that's you know, that's exactly. always the key. How do you get enough attention? Um in a in a, if you know, if you're running nationally, you gotta get national press. If you're running locally, you gotta get local attention and a, a very bifurcated media landscape. So now you got so many places to be, you gotta you know, you got a podcast, you got to do radio, you got to do TV. I mean, there are still some people who read print media. You can still do print. You, you can do, you got to do all, be all over the internet. You got to be all over Facebook. You got to be all over. Is it possible to form an exploratory group or, you know, folks that will help us to, to analyze this and see what are some of the things that we can do. That's why you're getting the phone call from me. Wayne Smith, okay, you are getting a follow-up call from Carrie Hines. Yeah, that's what, that's what typically starts the process. You get an exploratory group together, and you begin to look at the, the landscape to say, you know, I'm considering running for councilman in my district. I'm considering running for mayor. I'm considering running for the state legislature. And then, you know, you put that committee together and say, what does it take? You know, if I run, how many votes do you need to get? Because, you know, you have to figure out it, elections are always about how many people vote in that kind of an election. Because everybody doesn't vote in every election. So you got to figure out That's the people right. that do and how much you need and how do you reach them. And, of course, even, you know, the various modalities. And still, I'm going to tell you a form of medium that people overlook, but it's What's really that? effective, direct mail. Because oh, the old direct mail. Wow. Direct, listen, because, and you don't mail to everybody. You mail to the people that vote in those kinds of elections. Because you, you, mm. you can do the data research to know that everybody doesn't vote in the school board election. Only a certain number of people do. And you can find so out. So you can focus. You, yep, there you go. And, you know, mm. in a primary vote, you don't, you don't send Republicans information that don't vote in the Democratic primary. Exactly. And Democratic right. voters. <laughs> so that's right. Know, then, that's yeah. Right. So, you know, it's all about demographics, folky. There's a there's many subsets that you use to determine how you reach people and what message um uh gets you know that that gets them moving and to consider you as a viable option. And then you have to have a story. So we said is there's there there are three pieces of a political campaign. There's a, you got to have a candidate, first of all, you know, somebody that has to have some narrative, um, you know, personal history uh, and issues that he's about. But it's issues, organization. You got to have some kind of organization that helps you do all this stuff and finance. Because so, even with people, you got to have some resources. You got to raise funds. Yes. Yeah. So those are, those are issues that. Now, you know, like now, so a lot of times if you've got name recognition, it's like one thing that Donald Trump didn't have to do 
If you're an unknown candidate, you have to heighten your profile. Look at the people that ran for president that people don't even remember. Look, it's United States Senator Amy Klobuchar. Nobody, you know, nobody knew who she was. She's from Minnesota. So can you compare the media profile of her and Joe Biden? Look at the, um, uh, the, the former mayor, Pete Buttigieg. Pete was a, right. a small town, literally a small town mayor like me, equivalent to me. So South Indiana might be a little bigger than urban. But he ran for a national, first he ran for the Democratic National Committee. He lost that. He didn't get to be the committee chair. Then he comes out, he runs for president of the United States. He ends up, though. All to secretary. lift his profile. All yep, yep, to lift the profile. He's now he's secretary of transportation. That's right. He's a part of Joe Biden's cabinet, Biden's cabinet. and yeah, this cabinet. and all that. And someone could argue that that was his might have been his motivation. He knew he was not likely to be president. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's but, right. So sometimes people run for these offices. They're they're they're, they're either preparing a place for the future, um, or maybe they're they're running for. I predicted a couple things, and even on your on your show, I predicted that Donald Trump was going to lose, that Biden was going to win. We are last at our discussion. That's right. That's right. I also predicted, now that you're on your show. But did you predict Georgia? You didn't. I I don't think we. I I didn't predict it, but I would hope. I I had hopes that it was a long shot back when we spoke. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I wasn't sure where that was going to go. I wasn't sure where that was going to go. Exactly. But I did predict that Kamala Harris was going to be vice president when she was running. I didn't think that. Now, that is that is amazing because uh, I love Kamala when she went in for Joe. I love them both, but I still enjoy that moment where she described being a little girl in the a segregated uh, South. Um, I was just blown away. I think it was yeah, no, yeah. out in California. I'm sorry. I think it was. But yeah, she was just talking about that, and it was just uh, so uh, she was it, it demonstrated her amazing abilities uh, as a skilled orator, and I just I'm a big fan, and I'm grateful that and it speaks even more so to Joe Biden's ability to bring everyone into his umbrella. Oh, yeah. And no, so, he's an um, right? experienced, shrewd, seasoned political Shrewd. <laughs> shrewd. That's right. He's so no I Donald Trump. Yeah, I predicted <laughs> that she was going to be the vice presidential candidate. And it was number wow. one, the, the, the demographics she represented it. I figured that that as a woman that he, he was going to pick a woman. She was a United States senator, as he had been, so she had some relations with some of the Senate Democrats right. up on the hill, and she was from the biggest yeah. state. And that's the, right. And I think she had the ability because she was from the biggest state, and the kind of state that it is to help him raise significant amounts of money. So I absolutely, all and she checked all those boxes. That's yep, right. She checked a lot of yeah. boxes. Yes. Yep, well, I have yep. to say, Wayne Smith, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. Now, what do you say? What do you believe is next for Joe Biden and also for Wayne Smith? Well, one, I think that um, I think that Joe is going to have he's going to aggressively deal with the pandemic. I was hearing some things, um, you know, even just him assuming the White House with, with Trump and them having, you know, wearing no mask. They're going to do whatever they can to clean it and make sanitize it. But one of the things I, I hear that it might be in the works is that he's going to mandate on all federal properties, must marry right. so that would deal 
with these Congress people flouting around without masses on and all that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and, and all then that's going to happen gonna, today, supposedly. He's doing these. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of executive orders these, after you get. Yeah. yeah. And I think he's also going to try to deal aggressively with the distribution. I know in New York, I was listening to um, uh, Mayor de Blasio talk about they're running out of vaccines in New York City. Yes. And I think think even in Jersey, they may have some trouble with with the the, uh, distribution. Well, and and it's not just our states. It's pretty much because of the the failed uh, way that this was all rolled out under the uh, former you know, uh, administration under the Trump administration, but we're going to have to continue this discussion. I have to tell you, Wayne Smith, I have to thank you so very much for being on the show today on the radio morning show. It's always Carrie. I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, keep me. Yes. It's just awesome. Well, I will. I'm going to put this out on social media, uh, shortly. So folks will be able to click and play back to broadcast. And then uh, also we'll set it up as a separate podcast mm-hmm. just right. for your interview, which they will be able All to right. click on. Now, in terms right. of playing back the show, I just have to say earlier on, we started this broadcast with uh, the amazing Matthew Knowles, of course, who kicked off the show. And then uh, once we got into the middle of the show, we had these amazing folks on from the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, okay. And then, uh, as well as television attorney, Miss Lisa Bloom, who was just a pleasure to, to chat with. And she really, really, you got to listen. It's just amazing. Uh, and then, of course, the incomparable Mr. Wayne Smith. And uh, I so appreciate you just being a person that we can always, always depend on. Thank you, Wayne Smith. And uh, we hope to uh, catch up with you again soon, right here on the Hair Radio Morning Show. Likewise. Talk to you soon. All right. All right, okay. folks, keep it right here. We've got a whole, well, we've got a little bit <laughs> left, a little pop left of the Hair Radio Morning Show. We'll see you back here tomorrow.